Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. Hey there, Tomorrow's Leaders. So I love bringing on business owners, people who've started a business because it's all about leading themselves and leading others as they build their organization. So today I've got Crystal Herring. Her and her husband, Brian, started CrossFit in Apex, North Carolina. There's many CrossFits all across the country. This one was started uh, three years ago, about two and a half years ago. Uh, right in not the best of times. They've gone through COVID through 2020 and have navigated it extremely well. Very successful business. And we had a great conversation all about everything from building teams and the leadership required to do that, leading through uncertainty when you don't know the answers and there's you know uncertainty ahead, how you lead people through that, how you navigate a business, how you lead yourself to take chance and take risk, all kinds of good stuff. I think you're really gonna enjoy this. Here's Crystal Herring. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Larito, your host, today with a guest that I know you're going to get a lot from. I have Crystal Herring on uh, with us today, who is the owner of CrossFit in uh, Apex, North Carolina, and brings a wealth of knowledge and information and learnings and all kinds of leadership stuff uh, congrats on your success, uh, Crystal, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. I feel honored. I hope I can bring some value here to your listeners. Well, I know based on what we've already talked about, I know there's going to be a ton. So um, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff that I'd love to talk to you about. And and I know, you know, I'm familiar with CrossFit because I've done it before and it's a huge part of the fitness industry. But for those people that are listening or watching that don't know CrossFit, Maybe that's a good place to start. Uh, why don't you explain what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty basic, right? It's functional movements performed at a high intensity. So we do weightlifting, running, lots of body weight exercises, and every single day is completely different. Gotcha. And it's really, I mean, it's a lot based on community, right? I mean, that's a big aspect of CrossFit. What, what does that look like? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things we pride ourselves most on here. Maybe more important than what happens as far as the fitness in our building is our community. Uh, it's pretty crazy. We give back a ton. Uh, we have 150 members here and we spend a ton of time taking care of each other, uh, taking care of the causes that are important to our people. Uh, we do a ton of stuff with Special Olympics and the Travis Mannion Foundation. We're big on you know giving back to military heroes and things like that, too. That's excellent. That's fantastic. So it's not about not only about helping people get better themselves, but also get, you know, helping other people and helping the community around. But the community also Absolutely. within the group, I mean, a lot of CrossFit is it's not the concept of just going to gym and working out by yourself and in a dark corner. I mean, it is truly I, I recall that when I had done it, there's a lot of accountability, but there's a lot of teamwork. There's there's all kinds of stuff. So what does that look like? 
yeah, we joke around, you know, if you wanted to take your headphones off and come join part of a community, that's what you can do here. You know, we're not a Globo gym. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know, you're going to come in here. You're not going to have headphones in. You're going to be a part of a small group of people who all are like-minded individuals. We all have the same goals and, um, you know, most of our classes are less than 20 people. And so you've got a program written for you at the start of every workout that you follow with a group of folks that encourage you. Uh, we don't allow anyone to clean up from their workouts or put anything away until the last person finishes. So you'll find some pretty big cheerleaders here too. Oh, that's cool. So at the end, it's not like uh, everybody's off doing their own thing. I mean, if you're the last no one or two person, you know, finishing up, you got a whole you know, group of people cheering you on. Absolutely. That's something we pride ourselves so much in CrossFit. You'll definitely never finish alone. You'll see so many times, you know, the last person's got a lap to run or five more burpees that people from the group will join them and finish with them together. So they don't feel like they're finishing alone. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And it's not from what I remember. I mean, it's not where you are and tell, tell me if I'm wrong on this, but it's not where you're working out for an hour hard and, you know, like a tip, you know, like a, a just going to the gym and lifting a lot of weights it is really a series of short bursts you know intervals of really high intensity right and it's it's really yeah. the outcome of that is just huge dramatic results right yeah i think crossfit is so intimidating to people that's one of the biggest barriers that we fight every single day specifically mm -hmm. with women and I, I i hate that and i've tried so hard to break down that barrier um it's not a one hour intense workout where you're going to leave you know feeling like you killed yourself uh we spend a great deal of time here specifically at our box is warming people up so we spend the first you know could be five to 15 minutes doing a warm-up and stretching out and sometimes we break out lacrosse balls and foam rollers and that's when we talk through the workout of the day is what we call it uh, and then we spend some time on a strength or skill portion so we could be back at the squat rack we could be practicing you know uh, push-ups or sit-ups or handstand um push-ups something like that whatever we're going to do in the workout we spend some time building up to that um, whether it be a skill or a strength gymnastics is a big part of crossfit um, so you'll see some of that too but the biggest thing is we have a modification for everything we truly believe that crossfit is for everyone here at our gym specifically and so no matter what level you're at you're going to come in here and get a great workout and that's the greatest part about our coaches and the fact that we have such small groups of people there's plenty of time for that uh, so no matter what level you're at you're getting a great workout yeah and then the workout itself can be five minutes long or 35 minutes long. It really just depends on the day. Yeah. So it's constantly varied, which is great. How much does the, uh, the, the relationship aspect and the community aspect keep people coming back? Like I think about, you know, now it's for those people that might be watching this at a different time, we're right at the first week or second week in January, got a lot of people in new year's resolutions, but then you usually see three weeks out, the gyms empty out. Um, how, what's the retention rate like? And is it really impacted by that? community feel. Yeah. So to give you an idea, uh, we have 150 members and on average, our daily attendance is 100 to 120. So our people are showing up every single day. Wow. You know, I feel like in a boutique um, environment, you're paying a little bit more. So you're not going to mm. pay for a gym that you're not going to come to, you know, mm. at that rate that we charge for people. And so that's definitely a huge difference for us versus um, a much larger gym. Accountability is key and everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an athlete chat. We have a food and lifestyle chat. Our coaches get an absentee report every week that we, they follow up with anyone who hasn't shown up in the gym. So we refer to ourselves as the account accountability partners from hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we reach out to you if you don't show up at the gym. You'll hear is from that us. Right. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, we want our people to show up, right? We want you to be successful. And if you're not in here, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I mean, firsthand, I've worked out and exercised most of my life. I know the periods of time where I'm doing it by myself is significantly less effective. One, I go much less. I go, I remember when I was working out by myself, maybe three times a week, I'd convince myself I'd go five or six, but when I looked at it, it was probably three and my workouts just weren't as good. And I have for the last six, seven months been working out uh, with my brother-in-law, Jeff, and, and our workouts and consistency have gone up significantly. Today, I ended up going, awesome. he wasn't able to go. And I it was really hard for me to drag myself there. So that accountability, that partnership that you get from other people, uh, that's huge when it comes to this. Well, and I think too, right now, you know, people aren't getting community where they typically did. They're not going into the offices, you know, churches are just now starting to reopen. Uh, So I think a lot of the reason why people come in here every single day is to have that community and get to talk to other adults. And like I said earlier, just be with like-minded people. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Yeah. So now you had started, you and your husband, Brian, had started this in 2018, Um, We did. Is that right? So tell, how did you get into it? Tell tell us about the start of it. (laughs) So I always joke that I'm a CrossFitter by marriage. Uh, My husband is the mastermind behind this part of our business, which is the actual gym. Um, I run the business. He runs a gym. We try and stay in our lanes. So he's been an avid fitness guy since before I met him Um, since high school and college. It's been a big part of his life, just healthy living in general. Uh, We relocated here from the Baltimore, D.C. area um, in 2013, and we joined a big giant gym, and we had two tiny little kids, and he kind of developed a following of people who wanted to do functional fitness, um, CrossFit-like workouts. CrossFit's very strict, though, about you can't do CrossFit. You can't call it CrossFit unless you're in a CrossFit gym. So it got to the point where we had, you know, he had a really large following of people, upwards of 50 people that were uh, training with him at this, this big gym. And then we transitioned to our house. (laughs) So he had a huge career shift um, very unexpectedly in January of uh, 2017. And he sat down and wrote a business plan and convinced me somehow that this would be a good idea. (laughs) Mainly, I just wanted all these people out of our driveway and garage, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So we took a huge leap of faith. Um, He had a non-compete. So there was a period of time where he had some time to write this business plan. And I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. And so took a huge leap of faith. Um, We signed a lease. So there was no turning back on that. And we had these 60 people who committed to starting this with us and signing up with us. Um, They believed in us, even though I wasn't quite sure what we were doing was the right choice. Mm -hmm. Um, we did it. And so, yeah, we opened in March of 2018 with 60 people in this gigantic brand new space all on our own, just Brian and I. Um, he started a new full-time job right before that um, so that we could pay our bills and keep health insurance and all those things. And I kept up with my contracting gig. And so here we are almost three years later, um, we've more than doubled our um membership count and wow it's been a huge success that's tremendous congrats and and obviously during a really challenging time which i want to get into a little bit with you Uh, what was when when you had started the business i mean this was something that came it sounds like out of a passion uh and out of a really powerful um you know why and you had a a following and brian had a following what what was the biggest learning though? What was the biggest kind of when you started the business? Was it what you'd expected or was there some kind of big aha moment or what did you think? 
you know, I don't think you have any idea what to expect when you open a business. It was truly a passion project. Um, and it kind of married both of our strengths. You know, he's so passionate about helping people and in the fitness world. And I'm so passionate about building community. So CrossFit was a perfect fit for us. Um, I, honestly, there weren't a ton of challenges the first year because we were literally running on adrenaline, if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, this was his dream come true. And so he just was so excited and and passionate about it. Uh, there weren't a ton of struggles in the beginning. We had a dedicated group of people who stuck with us and supported us. Like I couldn't even begin to explain. Mm. Um, I, I'd say that if I had to pick a struggle, it would definitely be the fear factor. Mm -hmm. uh, especially for me, I'm not a risk taker. Uh, that's for sure. And so there is definitely, it was terrifying to say the least. What was the scariest thing? Failure, right? It's always the scariest thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in such a, you know, visible thing. I mean, if we fall on our faces with this brand new business, that's an actual storefront that we have social media for that we've put ourselves out there, mm -hmm. there's no hiding it, right? Everyone's going to see the failure. And so that was definitely scary for me, for sure. Yeah. I don't think that Brian had that same fear. He was so confident um, in yeah. what we were doing, which is great. We have a good balancing act like that. Yeah. It's interesting because some people that you talk to say that visibility, that high visibility is good it motivates you and it's got even more accountability more at stake but you're yeah. right there's 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 a fear there too it's like okay i, I if i'm going to fail i'd rather fail privately not so publicly yes. i'd like to succeed publicly but fail privately uh, but that's an interesting you know thought about it um one of the things though that's interesting about your business a lot of business owners i talked to are starting a concept or business a service out of a passion but they don't necessarily have momentum. They're starting from ground zero. They don't have any clients. They haven't built a following mm -hmm. or anything like that. How important for the uh, giving advice to a business owner like that, is it better to, to plant the stake in the ground and build it and they will come? Is it, or is it better to, to get the momentum ahead of time? I mean, what, what's your advice having done it? Um, what do you think? So I'm a big believer in building people first and not building a business. You know, I think you build, you build people and then people help you build a business. Um, we could have never done this and I never would have done it. Um, one without, without people to support us from the very beginning, you know, that would have been too scary, too much risk for me. I guess if your risk tolerance is higher then maybe you do start and you build it and they will come kind of thing. Um, for me, I needed people that were going to support us first. And, um, I needed people that believed in us first mm -hmm. to start out. And so you literally had these people uh, that were already uh, followers and, and were working out, I guess, with you and Brian that were agreed to, hey, listen, yeah, we'll be your first uh, members of your gym. Uh, yeah. And I mean, these are people that Brian trained for years for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we put a ton of time and effort, you know, every morning he'd get up no matter what, in addition to his full time job. And he did all the programming himself. And um, yeah. They, they definitely committed to it. We told them our idea. They encouraged us. Um, they offered to support us in so many insane ways. Uh, but in the end, we did it on our own without any investors or anything like that. All we needed was their commitment uh, to help us get off the ground. And so that's what they did. Yeah, that's excellent. Well, congrats again. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What do you think has been the biggest leadership challenge that you've had? Oh, geez. 
I definitely think managing people is difficult. Uh, we have an amazing team and we always have every person that's worked for us is, is amazing. I think in the beginning, you know, trying to convince people to believe in us for sure. You know, we started out in our kitchen Island with this this team of um, three coaches uh, that we sent and got their certifications to coach with us. And, um, you know, getting them to believe in us and believe in what we were doing, that was huge. And we owe an immense amount to those folks who started with us in the very beginning. Um, leading, you know, you have to have thick skin, just like I said, with owning a business. Um, you know, you have to be able to have difficult conversations that aren't always fun. Um, but I think in any small business, we had to prove ourselves as leaders to these people who were working for us. And that took some time for sure. Um, and, you know, we weren't able to pay them an immense amount or give them a ton of benefits in the beginning, and they did it anyway. And so it's paying off now. <laughs> we're able to, you know, give vacation time and health insurance, and we were able to pay people through COVID, which was huge for us. Mm. How do you get people, because I, this is also a question I get a lot from leaders that struggle with this. Hey, I, I know I need to get great people. I don't have the resources or the money to pay to get great people but you see mm -hmm. people, businesses that are, are still able to attract great people, even when that's not the case. How, how do you do that? What goes into getting those people on board, even though it's not necessarily for a big paycheck? Yeah, I think the biggest thing we've learned is hiring from within, which you see that a lot at, at successful businesses. Um, such a big part of CrossFit is the community, right? And every single CrossFit gym has a very different community and a very different dynamic. And so a CrossFit coach down the street might not be a good fit for us because of the, you know, the demographic of our community. And so what we've learned and where we've had great success is hiring within. So we have an athlete who's super passionate and moves really well and just is a good fit and a good advocate for our people and our business. Um, then we'll, you know, we'll ask them, we'll reach out, Hey, are you interested in doing this? And so that's worked out really well for us. Um, I think too, just word of mouth, you know, people, people talking about us and within the community, the fitness community, um, has been really good for us. Mm -hmm. That's great. And you know what, that's, a, that's a great point because you've got people, you know, that are believers because they're clients, yeah. you know, they're members of the gym and who better than to be the people helping to drive the success and helping other members and help the organization grow is, and so I think a lot of businesses lose sight of that. Sometimes the best hires can be from your customer base. And that sounds yeah. like what you've done in many cases. Yeah, I mean, I think we've definitely built a cult-like following to say the least in the best possible way. Our people, you know, it's so funny. They joke, the first rule of CrossFit is to tell everyone you do CrossFit, <laughs> <laughs> which is great for us for a marketing perspective. Um, our people have got the bumper stickers on their cars. They wear our gear and our swag everywhere. And they are truly walking marketing billboards for us. So it's really wow. great. That's awesome. So why, that that's pretty amazing. Why? How does that develop? I mean, if you're talking to leaders out there in other businesses that are saying, wow, I wish I could build that type of following and tight-knit community. I mean, how, what goes into that? Well, I mean, I think you have to believe in what you're selling and believe in your service and you have to be on fire about it to make other people feel that way. And Brian and I truly are, and our coaches truly are, we believe in it. It's so important to us. Um, we're huge advocates for mental health and physical health. And I, I just think we've believed in ourselves. They've seen what we've done. They get so excited. The biggest compliment I get is I'll have like an older, an athlete who's been here forever. And they'll be like, Oh my gosh, that class, it was huge. Like, I like, you know, they're so excited to be a part of what we've built you know, especially people who have been here for years and years. Um, 
So I think the biggest thing is just them seeing how on fire you are about it and you believing in yourself is the hugest part about it. Yeah, it's electrifying. I mean, people get attracted to, they they want that positive energy. And, you know, I, yes. I'm a huge believer, health and fitness, uh, physical and mental, You, it's it starts there and that's how you lead yourself through lots of success and even adversity. I know as a business Absolutely. owner, it's also gotta be, tempting sometimes to take it personally when you have, um, you know, whether it's setbacks or people that don't join or maybe people that, you know, end up quitting or stopping. Do you find that's the case? And how do you handle that? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, every single time we get a cancellation and we do, right. We get cancellations for all different reasons. It's expensive to be a member of a CrossFit gym. That's a big part of it to that end. Um, anytime someone tries to cancel for a financial reason, our, our community will carry them in a hot second over COVID. We floated 15 athletes memberships, um, on our own, just, you know, we don't ever want that to be the reason why people don't come here. Um, I feel like that's such a barrier to entry for people to CrossFit. And that's never the case in our gym. You know, if you want to be a part of our gym and that's the, that's the issue, then, you know, we'll work through it. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's, a big thing people move you know like i said before we police our community a lot yeah. uh we've definitely let some people go <laughs> yeah. which is hard to do but um you know this is a business it's not just a place for fun and so we do it with our team we do it with our community you know we've run this like a business you know it's not just a gym it's a business and we have to follow rules and we don't do drama <laughs> yeah. um and we don't do negativity we do you know we if you're not here to show up and be positive and support each other, then you don't have a place here. So you've actually cut members and asked them Absolutely. not to. Wow. So what's yeah, we just like have, for what reasons? we just have said like, we just don't think it's a good fit, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. No offense taken. And we've done it with, um, you know, people as a part of our team too. It's just, yeah. you know, it's toxic and that stuff in a gym, especially, you know, runs rampant. And, yeah. uh, I feel like that was probably one of my biggest fears when Brian wanted to open a gym. I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like I don't do drama. I don't like, you know, that kind of thing. And I feel like gyms are breeding grounds for that. And so we promised we wouldn't do that. And yeah. it, it hasn't happened here. Well, as the leader, you own that culture and you create, you, yeah. you own that environment. I see a lot of leaders that hold on to the wrong people for way too long. I was actually, this morning was talking to somebody who was, uh, talking about the fact that there was an absolute cancerous negative person in their organization. It was a small organization that was taking this person that I was talking to, who's an A player and dragging her down. And, um, and they, they let her go. They finally let her go uh, this year. And it was a smart thing to do because inevitably that person in the organization too long or in the, you know, in the classes or whatever it is, is going to have this negative effect on on other people, and then your A players end up Absolutely. wanting to leave. You know, they don't want to put up with that. Yeah, and I feel like a gym, especially, is such an intimidating place for people to be already. You know, you've got to make sure that every person in a gym is supportive of everyone else. Um, mm. And we're big on inclusivity here. Um, you know, anyone here is welcome in our gym. We have people. We have a huge uh, kids and teens programs. We have people in here from the age of you know four years old doing CrossFit kids classes to up into our oldest athletes. I think seventy two he is, and so. Um, yeah, everyone needs to know they have a place here and uh, never feel intimidated walking in our front doors. Yeah. You know, I think we're obsessed with our with our athletes. We're obsessed with our clients and 
that's why we've been successful. You know, we are constantly asking them what they want, what they don't want, and we're constantly adjusting to meet their needs. And um, I think that's so important. I love that. We've also had very slow and steady growth. You know, it's so hard as a small business owner not to get excited about all the things you could do. And so we've been pretty consistent and slow and steady instead of kind of jumping on all the things that could make us more money quicker. Uh, and I think that's benefited us greatly. We've grown with the correct people and the right people that are a good fit for us. Yeah. So when you uh, talk about, you know, the the policing environment, the self-policing environment, um, what does that look like? I mean, what is that, you know, when, when, when you've got standards, I guess, that are so high or that people that are the members want to make sure are upheld, are there examples or can you, can you give us a story or something that shows what that looks like? <laughs> yeah, I think you can tell right off the bat, usually, if, if someone's going to be, like you said, a cancer or a problem or toxic to the environment. It's pretty, pretty easy to tell. Um, and it, you know, it starts out probably with a conversation, right, which is never easy. Um, a story that comes to mind is we had a newer athlete who reached out and just said that um, she had asked for help in, in one of her classes of another athlete. And they, you know, they kind of made a snarky comment to her and made her feel really unwelcome and uneasy. And so that's the type of stuff we just don't tolerate here. You know, we're, we're a community and we got to be supportive of everyone. And so, you know, we just pulled the athlete aside and had a, a little dialogue with her and she's super apologetic, you know, probably her humor was taken the wrong way, I guess. And I don't think we'll have that issue again. So that kind of stuff, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I think we have very high standards for coaches. And I think that's probably a really hard part about owning a business or anyone that works here for us. Um, it's hard to find someone who you trust to leave with someone, something that you've built and it's taken you years to build. And, um, you know, we have very high standards. We have coaching contracts that they have to sign with our value system listed on it. I think lots of gyms um, hire hobby coaches, you know, people who just want to come in. They like to coach. They like to work out. They want a free gym membership. And that's not the way we operate here at all. Like I said before, we run it as a business. Mm -hmm. We have team meetings. These people are our employees, not contractors, not, you know, one-offs who are just coaching for a free membership. Uh, we pay them very well. We treat them really well. And we have super high expectations. Um, you know, it's not just an hour of coaching. You know, we require them to be here before class. We require them to stay after class. Uh, you know, we require them to follow up with people and offer words of encouragement, you know. So yeah. our expectations are super high. Well, and that's a sign of a winning organization. I, You know, I've the, the, the problem sometimes that happens, it's kind of the low, the slow degradation of standards that kills businesses and kills companies yep. and it doesn't happen overnight if it happened overnight it would almost be easier but it's the slow one percent drop in the standards that you'll have a leader or a business owner that'll say wow how do we get to this place i don't even understand it i don't even know how we got here and it's because they didn't have the conversations that you had you know where you spotted a problem and you addressed it and just like you said more times than not when it's addressed it's usually met pretty positively because the person may not even realize that they violated the standards or they did something that was, you know, in not in alignment with the core values or whatnot. And uh, the leaders that address that head on, those are the ones that are successful. And those are the ones that lead, you know, top level organizations. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to show your team what your expectation is. You can't just expect them to know what the expectation is. You've got to show them. 
You know, we require our team to be a part of our community too. That's a big deal for us. You have to be in class alongside our clients and our athletes. They want to see you doing the exact same things that, you you know, they're doing every single day. So that's a big deal for us too. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about building a team because that's a question also that many, many leaders have and they struggle with is, is building a successful winning team, especially trying to build a team that works uh, in a way where everybody's strengths are complemented and whatnot. How do you think about building a team and, and some of the challenges that might exist with trying to do that? Yeah, I think my number one thing is just being vulnerable. You know, Brian and I are not experts at owning a business. Um, we're three years in. And so we've been very vulnerable and open to criticism ourselves and, um, and helping us build things up and change things. We're definitely not perfect either. So uh, we give criticism to our team, but we also expect it in return and we can handle it. Um, and some of that has helped us build some of the best protocols and um, had some of our greatest successes because of that. So, you know, I, like I said, I think it's been our biggest struggle for sure, especially in a situation like this where our business is not necessarily full time. Right. And these people aren't making six figures. It's truly a passion project uh, for our coaches. And so it's definitely been a struggle. I, my best advice is to treat them very well. <laughs> and to constantly offer them education and ways to grow. You know, we have a monthly meeting and every other month we try and bring some value add, whether it's a chiropractor or in February doing CPR and AED training. And um, we do, we give dollars for education every single year to every coach to spend on themselves. So just encouraging, you know, growth. And again, just like our athletes, like they ever kind of phase out or don't feel like it's a good fit here. That's always fine. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, and I think that's 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 the truth. If it's not a fit, you can't just try to get people part of your organization just to fill seats. That's got to be the right mm-hmm. types of people. And one bad person, one person that's not a fit, can take out five, ten positive people, um, and have that much of an impact. And and many business leaders don't necessarily anticipate that. Um, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, definitely. So. We've just been through a very, very tough year, 2020. Uh, we walked in last time, this this time last year, nobody had any idea of what was going to be coming. And <laughs> here you are, a new business owner in a gym that's obviously was highly impacted, an industry that was highly impacted. How did you navigate through 2020? Tell us about that and the, some of the challenges that obviously you and everybody else were facing. How'd you deal with that? Yeah, I think we're still navigating it, right? Every single day we're navigating it. I was th- I was hopeful that when 2020 and the calendar flipped that we would be all over this, but obviously that's not the case. Um, so yeah, we're still dealing with it every single day. And the fitness business, aside from you know the hospitality business, has been hit really hard. Um, so it's been hard. I think it was just a concrete reminder to me that, you know, selling a service is not enough anymore, not in any business. You know, it doesn't matter what you sell. If you're a restaurant, if you are a retail store, you have to do more than that. You know, you have to give back to your community. You have to have a community. I mean, our people rallied around us like I couldn't even imagine. It brings tears to my eyes to think about what they did for us. Um, You know, we pivoted very quickly. Uh, We didn't sit and think about it for a week or two to try and figure out what we were going to do. Obviously, we couldn't have planned for this. We had no idea this was going to happen. Not even in the second week of March did we realize what was going to happen. So we pivoted quickly. We communicated a ton. We were very transparent with people. Um, We were very vulnerable, which was not an easy thing to do. 
you know, we told people that if we didn't have their continued support through, through this, however long it lasted, then we wouldn't have a gym. And that was the honest truth. Um, so we literally, uh, closed our doors on the same day. We closed our doors. We opened the back doors and people pulled up their trucks and their SUVs and we gave them our equipment. So the 128 people who are members here were able to come and borrow our equipment. Um, Each person got one or two pieces and we created a quick Google spreadsheet to track who had what and they had to sign it out uh, and sign a liability waiver really quickly. And so we did that on a Saturday morning for about five hours. There were lots of tears shed uh, and we thought it would be for about two weeks, (laughs) you know, and so little did we know it would be for about six months. Um, so, and our people took their stuff home to their garages and their driveways and their living rooms. It was so fun to watch people on zoom and kind of where they were working out. Uh, and they dialed in, we started out with four or five zoom workouts a day from our garage. Um, and we got to know our people on a whole different level. We got to know their spouses and their kids and their dogs. And so there were so many great things that came of COVID, Uh, and our people bought gift cards on our website and, and just literally couldn't give us enough to make sure that we were okay. It was unbelievable. Wow. I think that comes from having given so much and having made such an impact in their lives. And when you do that and unselfishly are doing that, that when the tables are turned and you're in a situation of needing help, that's why they're so quick to help. And that says a lot about you and, and and your gym and, and how you've run things. That's true. And the community, obviously that's a fantastic community that you ha- you've built. So that's tremendous. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, mm-hmm. we listened through the fear <laughs> um, and the unknown, obviously, you know, like I said, thinking it was going to be two weeks and turning into months and months. Um, I think we were one of those first gyms to reopen and we did it in our parking lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we invested a ton of money in these rubber mats that we could use in the back parking lot. And we opened back up the end of June with small group training in the heat of the summer. It was so hot. Um, and people came and they came bigger and more than ever before. And it just showed us that they needed physical, mental health more than anything. They needed to be around each other. Um, truly believe that we're all stronger together. Um, and I think most of the people here feel that way too. Uh, so it was overwhelming and they're willing to go back out there in the parking lot right now. If that's what we need to do, they're like, we don't care if it's winter, we'll do whatever we need to do. They've followed our strip strict protocols the entire time. And we've done it successfully. Thank God everyone's stayed healthy and, uh, what we're doing is working. So we, you know, we also use it as a time to kind of readjust any business that has an unexpected shutdown. You know, Brian and I spent a ton of time going over protocols, looking at kind of what's worked for the first two years and what hasn't, what we really need and what we really don't, you know, and we kind of parred down a lot of what we did before that really wasn't necessary that people didn't really need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if we'll ever bring some of those things back. So yeah, do definitely you, showed us what, what we needed, what we didn't and uh, what was important in our business and what wasn't. Do you think in a way it strengthened you this last year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. That's great. You know, one hundred percent. You said something that really, uh, you know, struck a chord with me, and that's being vulnerable. Because I know of many uh, leaders and businesses that have not been um, put themselves in that situation. They've not been transparent, um, and maybe it's because of pride, I guess, because we all have sure. it, and it's an ego thing, and you don't want people to understand and know how difficult things are or whatnot. Um, I know a business that actually, unfortunately, closed. 
And the employees had no idea. Nobody knew. They showed up and it was doors mm-hmm. were closed. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas maybe, you know, it sounds like with your uh, being open, honest, transparent, that led to even tightening and strengthening uh, the, the, the gym and the organization and the community, you know, itself. Is that something that do you feel leaders need to do that more? Is that a big part of what you've learned? hundred percent. I mean, I, I want people that I do business with to be transparent with me as well. You know, I, people want to help and they want to show up for you, but if they don't know how, or they don't know that you need them to show up for you, they're not, they're not going to do it, you know? And so, yeah, I think, look, Brian and I still have, you know, other sources of income besides our small business. Um, so we're very grateful in, in that, you know, we could keep the business afloat if we needed to for a little while. And that is what we did. Um, but yeah, transparency is key. Look, it's a huge hit to the pride. Let me tell you, especially for Brian, uh, you know, he was like, really, should we really say this? But it, it was the truth. Um, and and people needed to hear that. And once they heard it, that's all they needed to know. And like I said before, there was people who couldn't stand behind us. There was job loss and people were scared um, just like we were. And so, um, you know, showing those people that no matter what, even if they couldn't financially support us, that we were still going to be there for them, that we, we were still going to support them, you know, and I think everyone's comfort level, even right now is, is different. And we fully respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, a big part of what we're doing right now is offering lots of different things. We're still offering Zoom classes. We're offering, you know, workouts in the gym. There's always availability to work out outside, which is what a lot of our athletes are doing. So, you know, I think listening to what people want and what makes them feel comfortable right now, people are still nervous and scared. And so we have to work through that. Well, I think also when you're that, you know, open and transparent, you, you invite them to come up with solutions and ideas to help because it's, you know, it's otherwise you're just reliant on your own ideas and solutions and nobody is smart enough and experienced enough to come up with everything. You know, the days of the leader that knows everything and the know-it-all are long gone. I mean, people aren't attracted to that type of person. They're attracted to somebody who's authentic, which means dropping the guard and pulling the veil back and saying, okay, here's the deal. Here's, you know, here's what the reality is and here's where we need some help. Um, And I've seen countless businesses do that. Yeah. yeah, I think they want to know that you're like them, right? We're in this right with them. We're not in this above them. We're in it alongside them. We're all struggling with the same things right now. I mean, none of us have ever been through anything like this. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what we're doing. We're trying the best we can and we want to know what we can do better. And they've told us. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's fine. And sometimes as a leader, that might be hard to hear, you know, but for us, we're welcome. Any, you know, we're like, tell us, tell us all the things you think we can be doing better. Uh, you know, there's nothing more valuable in this business than our relationships with these people. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm I'm excited for you. You've had obviously in a short period of time a lot of success. What do you think as you look out, you know, three years, five years, what's your vision? <laughs> I think my vision's a little different than Brian's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is what makes us a good match. Uh, you know, I think we we're growing out of our space pretty quickly here. Um and that's become more apparent with COVID for sure, you know, with our space restrictions and things like that. So I think our vision is continued, slow, steady, correct growth. You know, we want to grow our business. I think any business that can make it through COVID, especially in the health and fitness world, people, people are realizing now that health and fitness is so important and we have to take care of ourselves um, so that when a pandemic hits, we're all okay and we can survive through it. And um, so I think that 
you know, we've been busier now than ever before. And that's why people, people are realizing the importance of health and wellness in their life. And so my vision is to grow the business, you know, triple it, it is right now and to get our own space um, sometime soon in the near future and, you know, continue to make a difference in our community. And um, that's my vision. That's excellent. Well, you've got, I know, a big community of followers. Hopefully this helps you get more. This, uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, I just found out this podcast is listened to people all around the world there that are actually tuned, nice. tuned into this. But there's a huge uh, contingency in Holly Springs, Apex area. So you've got a lot of local listeners. So uh, where are you exactly for those people that are listening that may want to drop in, may want to get a hold of you? How do they yeah. see you? How do they learn more? Absolutely. So we're super active on social media. You can also check out our website, www.crossfitcontrivance.com. Uh, we're located right in Apex on the Holly Springs Apex line on East Williams Street across from the big Hope Community Church. So we would love to see you and drop in and just say hello and introduce yourself. We've got three small kids. We live right in Holly Springs ourselves. So uh, we are right here. Awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you for one last maybe piece of advice for the listeners because you've got people that are you know, in all different walks of life, you've got some business owners, you've got executives, you've got teachers, you've got parents, you've got athletes, you've got people that just want to make 2021 the best year they've ever had, maybe especially coming yeah. after 2020. What's one piece of advice that you give them? I would say if I had to pick one, it would be consistency is always key. You know, consistency is key in your workouts, in your diet, in business, in life. If you're just consistent, you'll definitely always have success. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Great stuff. Well, this has been terrific. I know we're at the uh, close of our time here. Um, and this has really been helpful. We're going to put all your information in the show notes for those listening. Just go to the show notes and you'll see all Crystal's information and how to visit CrossFit and social media contacts and all that kind of stuff. But I hope as you get closer to that uh, vision that you have and tripling the size, you'll come back on and then we can say, hey, remember the beginning of 2021, we did our first show together. So we kind of reflect. Absolutely. Back on well, thanks for inviting me, John. This was great. This has been terrific. Thank you, Crystal. So we've been here, everybody, with Crystal Herring, the owner of CrossFit Gym in Apex, North Carolina. For those of you who want more, obviously, we've got all the information in the show notes. Some great, great takeaways today on leadership, on building a business, on pivoting and navigating through uncertain times. I hope you've enjoyed today. Please make sure you like, subscribe, share. As always, add your comments, suggestions for future guests or topics. And go down below, hit five-star reviews. Give us your comments there. As always, appreciate your time today. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.